This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Strangers and Aliens, Episode 172, Anything But Star Wars. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend, Plumber. Superman. Wonder Woman. Heroes. Villains. Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did was that he created something, so we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to Strangers and Aliens, the podcast where we take a little bit of uh, uh, theology and Christianity and religion and faith and all that cool stuff and mix in a little bit of the uh, pop culture and all the fun stuff that is out there in the world as well, and uh, we see what come, we see what we come up with. My name is Steve McDonald. I'm here with uh, my two cohorts in crime. Me, Ben, Ben Avery. Yeah. And... Yeah. And the new guy, Evan David. Nice to be back. I'm going to refer to myself as the new guy until I feel less new. There you go, new guy. And we're going to talk about today anything except for... Star Wars. Yes, the aforementioned thing we're not going to talk about. We are not going to talk about that thing. Because if you do, and I'm warning you right now, guys, I have my finger on the buzzer. If Star Wars gets mentioned... If we say Star Wars... If, then starting in a moment, because I have to say the word Star Wars in order to explain what I'm going to do. But if Star Wars or any kind of Star Wars reference gets mentioned, if you mention Carbonite just in passing, you're going to get getting buzzed by wow. the sensor beep and the sad trombone. Wow. So just be aware. Be aware because. You know what? I love that thing. <laughs> uh, it's great. Uh, Evan, I think you've seen it four times now. I have four Steve, times. Steve, how many? Twice? Once? Uh, once. Once, okay. And I've seen it three uh, because I took my son and my friends, uh, Evan, you being one of them. Then I went with my high school friends, saw an IMAX 3D, and then I went and took my daughters to it. And as much as I appreciate it and as much as i have enjoyed it um and i loved watching my my daughter play that she was ray today it was ray oh you said ray and my five-year-old was a character who's round and it was fun watching him on his knees shuffle around all over but we're just not going to talk about star wars and we're we're gonna see if if Ben can obey the the thing that he set down himself. It's not gonna be easy. 
So it's going yeah. to be Ken. I mean, is is it is it able for for Ben to do the, can, Ben can obey? Ben can oh, obey God. his own. Oh, oh, my gosh. Oh, okay. What? If, if Ben fails to push the button for himself, you will hear me go. Steve, Steve, that that was an awful, what? awful pun. I was just <laughs> saying that. Yeah, I know what you were just saying, man. We're going to move on now. We're going to talk about just some of the things that we've been watching, reading, uh, getting into recently that are not the thing that we were not talking about. So that's <laughs> that's where we're going. And um, we're not we're going to try not to spoil anything. There will be some things we binge watched, I think, judging from our pre episode conversation, some things that we're reading, maybe some things that we're getting ready to read. Some things that I'm going to start forcing Evan to read. Oh, boy. Uh, and then also some things that we're going to start forcing Evan to watch. Wait, wait, wait. You're forcing me to read stuff, too? Just one thing. Oh, oh, boy. Well, we can't do an episode with you about this thing without forcing you to do it. Oh, okay. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad at all. It's not... <laughs> it's not Ice Pirates. Which... <laughs> What is that? What is Ice Pirates? It's a movie yeah. from the 80s when I was in junior high. <sighs> Steve, you've seen Ice Pirates, right? I don't think I've seen Ice Pirates. Oh, my goodness. Are you serious? Uh -oh. I'm serious. There's a lot of things that, that you it was hitting you in junior high that would have been hitting me in high school no, or no, like no. right out of high school. There's, there's so, a slight problem with that. These things hit when I was in junior high and hit mm -hmm. my friends when we were in junior high. Some of these, like Ice Pirates, I didn't get to see until way later in life. Uh, and Ice Pirates is one of those where I finally got around to seeing it. And I appreciated it for reasons that my friends in junior high did not. And my friends in junior high appreciated it for reasons that I certainly did not as, a, as an adult. But anyway, it's a, it's a sci-fi movie after Star Wars. Um, you said it. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> Post-1977 movie. Yes. Uh, and it's not great. Uh, but it has this... <laughs> it, it has this joie de vie. Uh, it, it has this... Um, just Then I have no idea what you're saying when you speak French. Uh, it has this lively joy to it. Ah. Just to be this crazy sci-fi movie and the ending. I'm not even going to say anything about what it entails. Other than to say it is joyfully ridiculous. And there might, yeah. I think we may be going there next. Now, Evan, you have just recently watched a movie, though, correct? Yes, I have. And, and I've watched it not with you, but coinciding timing with you so that I actually watched it with my kids. They kind of enjoyed it. Oh, really? Yeah. But this will be an upcoming episode, and it'll actually be kind of a tribute episode in a way. Um, with uh, David Bowie passing away. Mm -hmm. That's what kind of caused us to, to think about yeah. doing the movie now rather than waiting until after The Dark Crystal. But uh, we both recently watched Labyrinth. Yes, was... yes, we did. We went on a secret mission. Yeah, so we'll we'll bring the mission logs later uh, in, a, in an upcoming episode. But yeah. So, Steve, what have you been yeah. watching lately? Uh, what? Anything you've been binging on? Anything you've been 
Well, I was uh, talking with one of my friends uh, at work, and he mentioned this show called Longmire and has nothing to do with fantasy or science fiction, except... <laughs> it's a Western! It's a Western, but it has a lot to do with um, Cheyenne, especially uh, Native American um, uh, mythology uh-huh. and spirituality. So there are some things in there that are vaguely reminiscent of you know fantasy, but not fantasy that we would know it as. It's just other people's spirituality. Um, so it does have that type of element to it. It's very interesting. And it's uh, done and it is, in, a, it is, in such a way that they present things as almost real. And mm-hmm. then you kind of have to sort through what's what actually happened here with this kind of magic realism that they've got going on. Right, mm. right. Yeah. So it is interesting that way. There, There's that uh, element to it. But mostly it's a Western drama. And there's this backstory about what happened to the, it's a, the, uh, the sheriff Longmire, um, Walt Longmire, and what happened to his wife. His, something happened. His wife is dead. And then over the course of the seasons, you get little bits. And there's other people you know, talking about it and, and mentioning things that they know and things. So you're getting this, this deeper mystery over the course of just the regular, you know, every, every week there's, there's another mystery. Um, so, you know, I don't like a lot of Westerns and it's not your stereotypical Western. It's not set in the old West. It's modern day. It's Wyoming. Um, and you'd think, wow, Wyoming, a lot of stories to be told in (laughs) Wyoming. Um, but they really do a great job. There's a lot of, uh, like I said, give and take with the, the Cherokee nation or the Cheyenne nation, uh, actually. Um, and the interactions with the reservation, um, what season are you on? I am on season three, technically, because I'm watching it with my wife. But there was one time where I dozed off, and she watched like four or five episodes. <laughs> and I, I'm sort of catching up on those in season one. So I'm in season three, but I'm catching up on season one. Um, and there's just a, a caveat. There's there's some language. Uh, if you're sensitive to language, um, you might want to skip it. Uh, it's not a lot. It's not heavy. It's not oppressive. Uh, it's not, you know, uh, what is it? Jennifer Jones or whatever. <laughs> Jessica it's not Jones. like that. Yeah, Jessica Jones. Um, so, you know, but if you, like I said, if you are sensitive, uh, there is that. There's, there's no, there's very little uh, uh, to do with sexuality, stuff like that. Um, and most of, the, most, of the, most of the stuff, if it is, it's off screen. So, you know, there's stuff like that. But it does deal with real world, real life things that are going on and, and you know, how people are working those out um, in in Wyoming. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting dynamic because because of the setting and the characters, mm-hmm. there's there's this cowboy element. But, um, you know, it's, he's a he's a sheriff. He's a detective. I mean, he, he it's, a, it's a police procedural, you know, where mm-hmm. they're. There, but it's very wide open spaces, and and you know what happens when there's a dead body in a river, and right. uh, and and there's there's the stakes are high too. That's the one complaint I'd almost have is that uh, you have this season long thread, like you were talking about the, the, some of the mystery he's getting into, where it's just the stakes are so high. You just think to yourself, if he solves this crime, 
where can they go? You know, how can they go bigger than this? And then right. they they do, you know, and it's just okay, all right. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's I I've watched all of the seasons. the The final episode of the most recent season has some had a pretty it's a big cliffhanger there. I don't think that's spoiling anything to say it's a big cliffhanger because then they're going into I think the final season. But Netflix picked it up and did an original. They did this last season and in this next season for for Netflix uh, as an original programming for them. Cool. So, Netflix is cool like that. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned Jessica Jones. Have you watched yeah. watch watch that, Steve? You know what? I I watched like the first episode and a half, and like I said, it was pretty impressive um, with the language and the. Um, the drinking and stuff like that. It's just, it's very dark. And then I watched the very last episode just to sort of round out the, get that story arc. And I read synopses of the, the other episodes in between. So I sort of understood where it was going. Um, it's rough. It didn't, <laughs> it, is it rough. didn't, it didn't hit me as anything that was anything to mention. <laughs> I I probably would have watched it even if I wasn't doing it uh covering it for Welcome to Level 7. I would definitely not have watched it again. Um and on my second viewings there's been times when I've just been you know what uh, this is I I can fast forward through some of this stuff here because yeah, it's it's rough. It it is they talk about binging, you know, Netflix. Uh I, this is not one you want to binge. You got to step back a little bit. Uh, yeah. Daniel watched two episodes in a row a while ago, and he's like, this is really depressing. I said, yeah, you need to watch some A-Team or MacGyver or something now. <laughs> just get the the taste out of your mouth. Yes. But, um, it It is. Now, it, they, they do. There is a lot of sexuality. Um, there is implied nudity, uh, obviously, with the sexuality. But um, the language is just... Yeah, uh, almost over the top, but I, yeah, I mean, watched uh, depending I on your levels, I guess. But it's yeah. yeah, I watched five or six episodes of Daredevil um, a while ago too, and I I just I couldn't get past it. I mean, it just you know, Jesus' name is precious to me, so to hear people use it and just throw it out there and have it as Marvel, you know, comics presentation, it's just it's rough. And, you know, I don't, it's like when, when you're reading it in a comic book, you can like just sort of choose to look away and not, you know, and just breeze past it. And if you're rereading, you know, you're sort of, okay, I know where that page is or that panel or whatever, and I can just skip over it or whatever. But here it's like, you're listening to it. And, you know, I usually have the, the, the words on the, on the screen. So mm-hmm. you're seeing the words, you're hearing the words, um, you know, you can't watch it with your kids. You know, it's just like too, too oppressive for me. So. Yeah, and Jessica Jones more than than Daredevil. Yeah, it's it's uh, the themes are very, very much ripped from you know reality, and but it's an unfor- the unfortunate reality, and so you have this Kilgrave character who's a mind controller, mm-hmm. but who is using that power uh, to force people and dominate people and. Uh, there's there's this element of this kind of metaphorical, uh, where he you know relational relationally, 
uh, using this power to make women do what he wants them to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this this kind of thing where you're just watching it and you're just saying, okay, this is terrible, not because it's a monstrous mutant guy doing crazy, awful things. The crazy, awful things he's doing are things that people do in real life. Mm-hmm. He just has more power to do it. And yeah. it's and that makes it particularly difficult. And then there's also, I mean, there's there's themes of abortion. There's themes of... Um, gay marriage. I mean, there's there's all sorts of this stuff that's getting thrown into the mix. And on one hand, artistically, you're I'm watching and I'm thinking, you know, I need to think about the people who are involved in this kind of stuff. And so artistically, it's caused me to do that. On the other hand, you're just like, oh my goodness, I need to take a bath. Um, <laughs> uh, I I need to yeah. I, I need to watch. Can I can I bring up my thing? Because this has helped. Sure. This has helped sure. cleanse my palate. I've been watching Man from Atlantis, <laughs> and it's been so much fun. So much fun. It's getting less fun. I'm seeing why it was canceled. Because this is a show from the '70s uh, that stars Patrick Duffy, who you might know from Dallas. And actually, as of you know, four years ago, you wouldn't have said that to younger audiences because Dallas is a product of the '80s, but. Um, with the relaunch of Dallas on on cable, uh, he was involved in that. But he was also on Step by Step. He was the dad in the, <laughs> that ABC Family sitcom. I think it was ABC Family. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was TGI Friday stuff. Um, and that show, he is the man from Atlantis. He, um, his name's Mark Harris, and they find him on a beach, uh, drowning in the air. You know, and (laughs) he doesn't know who he is. Uh, And there's some pretty funny leaps of logic that happen. They feed in the information they know about him into this computer that they have. And the computer says that the only thing it could be is the possible last citizen of Atlantis. And it's just (laughs) what kind of computer are they using that's going to spit out this information and, you know, the green dot matrix or whatever it is on the old computer screens. But punch cards. um, But they they did uh, made for TV movie and it was really, really popular. And so they did a second made for TV movie. And I love it because as I'm watching through, it's it's Man from Atlantis 2. Like that's 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 the title, you know, (laughs) and then they did a third it's and like a, the man from Atlanta strikes back. And then they did a fourth. And these the TV movies were the man from Atlantis. They were so successful. The Phantom Man from Atlantis. What did they call uh. it? No, it was like actual there were episode titles. Uh I don't see the Is it on Netflix? No, it's not. Um I had to buy it. Man from Atlantis, The Death Scouts, Killer Spores, and the Disappearances. And it gets into science fiction things. I mean, it's there's aliens who come that have information possibly about Atlantis. And so he wants to know about you know where he came from. He doesn't know anything about where he came from. Uh, but then you get into the TV show because after those four TV movies, they ordered a full season for the next television season. Uh, they made 13 of that full season. And two of them didn't air on TV, so <laughs> from what I understand. Just um, that popular. So TV movies, super popular. TV show, not so much. But the bad guy, I can't remember his name now, but he's played by um, wow, Bueno Bruno. Uh, Let's see if I see it here. He's played. Oh, he's not. It's not on here now. Rats. But he's this this large man who just kind of plays the character. Uh, It's Victor Bueno. 
or Buono. And he, he plays this guy named Mr. Schubert. And he just kind of ambles along, his hands in his pockets. He's a, a large, large man with a big beard and he's balding. He's, you know, he's, he's basically a Bond villain if Santa Claus was a Bond villain. <laughs> and, and if Santa Claus was also from the South. And he's just kind of... No, he, he seriously, he's just like... Oh, hello again. Yes, this is my plan. And we're going to go and oh, I'm going to start the timer now. And, and the way he plays it, it's just, it's it's really fun. It's really, really fun. But then it starts uh, in the TV sh- series itself. It starts feeling like Batman 66 with some of the things he's doing. In fact, he was a villain. He was Egghead nice. on Batman 66. Oh, was he Egghead? But, yeah, yeah. Are you serious? I think he was Egghead. No, was Vincent Price Egghead? Vincent Price was Egghead. Yeah, it wasn't Egghead. It was someone else then. He, but he was a villain on, on, on the Batman show. And that's funny. So anyway, that's what I've been watching. I've been having a lot of fun with it. Uh, it's awesome. tied. It's tied into the comic books I've been reading, for Comic Book Time Machine, where it's all of the Marvel sci-fi comic books that they did, that they were publishing when they were publishing the Star Wars <laughs> comic. Uh, uh, so from 1977 to 1986 I'm reading through all the licensed comics they did in addition to their main one which includes Battlestar Galactica and Star Trek I haven't gotten to them yet but Man from Atlantis I think they got seven to nine uh, issues out of that so So I was reading those comics and just thinking I want to see this show I really want to see this show and I've been watching it on Amazon and it finally went on sale and I thought, this is my Christmas gift to me. <laughs> Happy Christmas to me. And yes. yeah, the, the TV movies collection, I'm glad I got that one. The TV show, yeah, I've got it now. <laughs> but maybe there'll be a couple more. I mean, I have only watched like the first five episodes of the the series. And so maybe those last eight will get better. But yeah. Because that's, you know, when they canceled it, and obviously it must have gotten better. That's what you do when a show is getting better <laughs> as, it, as the season progresses. People stop watching it, and so they cancel it, right? Because it's right. changing in quality for the yeah. better. Keep, keep telling yourself that, yeah. I am gonna hey, that's what they did to Young Justice. Yeah, hey, Young <laughs> Justice, Evan. Uh, what? Young Justice. Uh, I've heard you talk about that recently in different yes. places. I uh, I love Young Justice. It's a great show, um, but I haven't been watching it recently. I would recommend it to anybody if you're a comic books fan. It is probably the greatest comic book uh, animated series ever produced. Um, Whoa! Yeah, well, here we go. with the caveat here, with the caveat some big here. words, man. With the caveat, okay. Obviously, uh, it can't touch Batman the animated series or the or you know stuff like that as far as innovation, but as far as giving you the feel of what it's actually like to read a comic book where you're in this shared universe with all these other characters, uh, bar none, it is the best. And it is probably, bar none, the most faithful adaption to the comics uh, that's been produced for media. That's interesting. I never really got into Young Justice, the, the comic book series. Like, well, okay, all right. So it's not it's not at all faithful to the actual comic book series it's based on. But as far as to the actual DC universe, it's extremely faithful. Wait, wait, so, wait! Whoa, 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 whoa! Uh, huh? 
Am I detecting huh? some hypocrisy here? No. Coming See, from here's Mr. The Evan David, okay. <laughs> who is liking a show that is really good, but isn't true to the comic book that shares the title of that show. What, how am I being a hypocritical, man? Well, there is another show with a title that it shares with a comic book that is not at all like the comic book. But because you like the comic book so much, you can't accept the show, even though the show is good. Hmm. That, that show is not some good. sort of <laughs> ultimate, ultimate. It's series, Ultimate Spider-Man. Ultimate Spider-Man. Yes, yes, that's the count. one. That's the one. The show is not good. It's it good. It, it is, is not. so much fun. It so might much be fun. fun, quote unquote, but it's not good. It's if it is fun and it is connecting with people and letting them have fun. fun watch. Good. Watching the the Spider-Man character that they love interact with all these other characters from across the Marvel universe, right? But see, Young Justice manages to do all that with excellent animation, excellent storytelling, good script writing, uh, mature storytelling while still being on the level that kids can identify with and understand. Unlike Ultimate Spider-Man, mm, so. So there we go. All right. Except Not critical. Okay, I mean... Speaking of Young Justice and <laughs> Ultimate Spider-Man, what I have been watching recently since I got some iTunes gift cards for Christmas, I was finally able to buy Legion of Superheroes Season 2. Now, this is a big deal because they had released Legion of Superheroes Season 1, but for years, it's maybe been five, six, seven years they have not released season two, and they finally did it this year, and I bought it. Wow. And so I've been watching that. And Ben knows, if you, would go, if you guys, our listeners, go back and listen to some comic book Time Machine episodes, you'll run across me and Ben's mini maxi series about... Uh, what, what Justice League, Gods and Monsters. That's it, yes. And we talk about a character from the series. Can I go ahead and say it, Ben? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. That's fine. Okay. Imperiex. All right. Now, Imperiex is a DC Comics villain from the uh, early 2000s uh, crossover DC Universe spanning epic event called Our Worlds at War, which you should go and pick up and read. You can buy it in a graphic novel form. It's really thick. It's like thicker than the Return of Superman graphic novel, if you know what that is. Um, but it's a great story. And Imperiex is a really good villain. He's like the DC Comics equivalent of Galactus, pretty much, except he doesn't destroy worlds, he destroys galaxies, whole galaxies at a time. And his goal is to just wipe out the universe so he can start over and make it good and better. Um, <laughs> right. So he's only appeared in that one comic and nowhere else except for season two of Legion of Superheroes. Wow. Okay. So I'm a big fan of the character. Great. <laughs> you guys need to go watch it. I'm a big fan of the show, okay? Now, as I'm watching it, I'm realizing I have matured uh, since I have watched this show last because it is not quite as awesome as I remember. It's definitely aimed at kids um, because there's a lot of coincidences happening and just a lot of just too convenient explanations for how things happen the way they happen and stuff. And they explain it all 
in dialogue, but it's still it's too too coincidental. But besides that, it's worth it all for the last two episodes of the season, which happen to be the last two episodes of the show. It's a two-parter, and it's worth watching the whole series just for that because it is really great. Yeah, I think I watched two episodes of that when it was first on, and then I just kind of let it let it slide. It just wasn't wasn't it my thing. Go ahead. Wasn't my thing. Yeah, it it doesn't really get good until season two. There is one episode that stands out in season one, which is great, and I'm going to get it. And it's based on a comic book where the Legion is having open auditions for the Legion, and so people are coming to try out to be a superhero. And so there's these five characters who come in and they have the stupidest superpowers the legion <laughs> of substitute heroes right yes Stupid yes heroes. and they do a whole episode based on that issue and it is hilarious um bouncing there's a boy no not bouncing boy he's actually a legitimate member yeah i uh, have uh, i i don't know if i have the comic you're talking about where they tried out because the one i have they went on a mission like they were they they ended up getting called because they were the substitute heroes. Well, and they in I think in the episode they tried out and failed, and then the Legion has to go and battle this big menacing evil, and these guys are the ones who end up taking out. The okay, evil so that might be the one that might be the issue that I have with them. Yeah, because I think it's, I think it's fairly close. I think it's a DC Comics Presents issue, so it's like Superman teaming up with them. Because I. I Again, maybe maybe I'm mixing this up with another one because the cover is Superman just with his hand on his face. Like, what am I doing? Yes. And then behind him are standing these heroes who have no business being heroes. <laughs> and, like, there's a guy who could turn to stone. But, like, once he's a stone, he's just stone. Yeah. He can't move or do anything. He's just... Yeah. And they're, they're played for laughs, but then they kind of aren't. Like they, they, yeah. They play it straight, too. It's basically the Legion of Superheroes version of, of the Great Lakes Avengers. Yeah, <laughs> which is you know the same kind of not quite ready for prime time kind of character <laughs> that yeah yeah classic yeah I've been I was enjoying it. Imperi X is not as cool as he is in the comic books. They kind of have him in name and look only, and they kind of redo a lot of what he's all about. But he's still in it. That's the important thing. And you're probably the only one who cares. About <laughs> I am. I am the only one who cares. But he's in there. So excellent. <laughs> nice. Okay. Well, so there's some things we've been watching. Anything else you guys have been watching? Um, uh, I mean, no, I've been I'm, watching the seasons of um, the flash and shield and, uh, what's the other one? <laughs> so arrow? memorable. A- arrow, no, not arrow. No, uh, flash. Supergirl. No, not Supergirl. What's the other superhero one that's on? Have you guys watched Flash? Supergirl? I watched, I watched the, the first, first episode. Yeah. I haven't even watched that. I just uh, haven't gotten around to it. I just haven't had time to really... It was okay. But my family tells me that it gets better as you go. Mm. Gotham is so. the other one I've been uh, oh. watching. Well, Gotham's there are good. Different, different things. Gotham is very dark. So if you don't like dark takes on your characters then don't watch that uh flash is mildly entertaining except it has a lot of the coincidences coincidental yes what i am i'm just i think you've disappointed someone 
you have audience listen if you're not watching the flash you need to cancel one of your tv shows and you need to go watch the flash uh, i have not uh, been watching the flash i know but it has a lot to do with like lying and these characters are like police characters so like they're not picking up on like people that are closest to them lying okay. to them and then the, like every every like four or five episodes is i can't believe you lied to me about but, you know this or that and then in the next episode they're part of the team yeah, but Steve, so it's, like, it's not like an arrow where they keep lying every episode and like it just keeps going and they keep digging themselves into deeper. With okay. it, with with the Flash, they lie for like one episode and then they find out that they make make friends and they forgive each other and there's hugs and they go to church and accept Christ and it's the best show ever. I don't right. think that right. that really happens, much. Evan. Way too much. I'm reading between the lines. It happens off camera. It does not. No, there's no, there's, it's probably not. <laughs> it, it's, it's mildly entertaining. If, if you watch it for the overarching story arc, it's, it's much better if you don't think about it too highly. Um, my kids started watching it and like every, every time we're watching it, I have to be like, no kids, that's wrong. No, moving in together what? is not cool. No, uh, no, that's no, that would never happen. Do you see what just like there's a, a, multiple times when the, the bad guy defeats the flash and the flash is unconscious and it goes to add. And then it comes back and he's like sitting on the table at his at his base going like, oh, boy, that guy really got to me. And I'm like, wait a minute. What ha what happened? He was about to kill him. And then he's just back. And what? wait a minute. What? <laughs> and it just it relies too heavily on, on coincidences and things like that. But it, like I said, the overarching theme um, is is interesting to watch. And then I, I don't want to ruin it. But there's one thing that happens that the Flash could really actually make this massive change to something and he chooses something that I don't think any sane individual would choose. <laughs> um, so I, I just, no spoiler. I don't want to be a spoiler there, but I, I was watching it and I was incredulous and it, it almost just made me stop watching it because I was like, no, no one in their right mind would do this thing. You are Good literally the Steve. only person, Steve, who has said anything negative about the flash. Oh my goodness! Like I said, if, if I've been told, the... I've been told I would love it so much because it like hits all of those spots: you know, superheroes, does, time travel, all that kind of stuff. Lying and deceit. Yes, like... it hits those spots, Steve. <laughs> compared, compared to Arrow, Gotham, and Agents of Shield, oh my goodness, the Flash has so many good godly themes that they practice and show off in that show. Wow. I can't even believe it. I can't even believe how much they're putting in there that I'm just like, yes, you're going to have to, you're going to have to enumerate that for me because I'm I not can't without giving spoilers. <laughs> well, maybe that's an episode for another day then. Okay. Um, you, you know, here's what I am excited about though is, uh, and I, I don't know if I'm going to have to watch flash and arrow in order to get up to speed to watch it, but legends of tomorrow, that looks so good. That looks cool. That looks I really said episodes. You need to watch Ben. What? I will send you the episodes you need to watch. There's only like two or three. Okay. All right. Because, yeah, I'm, it's, again, time travel. Seems like there's alternate yeah. reality stuff going on. You've got superheroes who are kind of B or C list and super villains who are, you know, just while well, we're along for the ride because we want to save the universe and we live in mm -hmm. the universe and we'd like to live. Uh, at least that's what it looks like to me. I haven't seen any episodes. <laughs> I mean, just saying that's, that's what it seems to be, but... Um, Man. Yeah, there was a, a two episode arc that just set up the that you know that that whole concept, um, and then there's probably just 
a few episodes here and there, even if you just want like the more of the backstory of where these characters came from. I'm sure they're going to start it with pretty much, you know, as if the those other two episodes were, you know, episode or issue zero, and then you're jumping in on issue one, mm. and you know probably don't even need to have those episodes, but they're fun. They're fun to watch. Yeah. Except for the lying and the deceit. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> it is the CW. But I mean, there is confession and repentance and forgiveness. Spoiler. It's not about the bad stuff you do. It's about what you do once you've done the bad stuff. There's not a lot of repentance because they keep, it's like the same characters keep doing it. Yeah, but they're repenting of it after they've done it again, right? Repenting to you, and I'm going to repent to the other person about the same thing later, and then there's other people I need to repent. <laughs> there's, there's, there is a lot of forgiveness, yeah, if, if, you ha- if you look at it that way. There's so, so much forgiveness because they're overlooking all the, the deceit and the lying. Uh, <laughs> after, you know? But yeah, a lot of forgiveness. I'll, I'll give it that. There's got to be for them to have you know, extra, more episodes to go, to go on. Otherwise, it would just be. See, Steve, there's something else that you've been watching uh, recently and that I yeah. watched recently, too. And it's on Netflix right now. And I'm so yeah. glad I was waiting for it to come on Netflix because it started mm-hmm. as a graphic novel. And mm-hmm. I read the graphic novel because it was created by two of the guys who were working on Stargate and Stargate Atlantis and Stargate Universe. Um, and they, they created this graphic novel, these four issues of a comic book from Dark Horse, because they had pitched it to the Sci-Fi Channel. And Sci-Fi mm-hmm. Channel said, no, uh, we're not interested. So then they turned around, did these four issues of the comic. And then Sci-Fi Channel said, okay. And so <laughs> Sci-Fi Channel did a 13-episode order of a show called Dark Matter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, as we're talking through things, I mean, <laughs> I'm hearing The Flash you kind of recommend. Uh, but with the caveat that you don't kind of recommend it. <laughs> But Dark Matter, I really, really enjoyed. And I think, you know, if you're looking to scratch that kind of space opera uh, television show about, uh, you know, a ship of people. Yep. So you're getting to some your Star Trek kind of thing, your Stargate kind of thing, uh, which we haven't had anything new re- in, in a while in that mm-hmm. genre. Um, Serenity. Yeah, Serenity, uh, Firefly. Uh, yep. This This one goes there. And... It's fun. It's funny. There's mysteries. There's, um, you know, I mean, it's almost, it's actually similar to Man from Atlantis. Yeah, it's compelling characters. Five characters wake up from uh, some, sort, some sort of stasis on a spaceship. They don't know who they are. They don't know why they're on the spaceship. They don't know who each other is. They right. can't, you know, they have no way of knowing why they're there. Um, who is an ally who is an enemy who is dangerous um and i'm you know once you get to the end that final episode of the season Mm -hmm. uh boy if they don't do a second season it it leaves you hanging it's a cliffhanger oh yeah and there's secrets and betrayals and they're figuring out who they are based on reactions that they're getting from people and uh you know so they'll go somewhere and someone will recognize them or they'll they'll go somewhere and they'll look themselves up you know, and, and and maybe, oh, so this is my name. Right. And I'm going to get on this computer and find out who this person is that has this name. And there's some technology that they use 
that gets used in some interesting ways that could mean that they aren't who they think they are, but maybe mm. they are. Yep. And it's really neat stuff. And it's set in the future. So, you know, there could be more levels to it than, you know, than we, th- I mean, if, 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 if I woke up and I didn't know who I was, it would be, you know, okay, well, I'm not a robot, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that's a possibility, you know, I mean, do, are, are they are they a clone or a robot or you know, did, have they had some, you know, uh, surgery to alter their looks? Are they or their hologram? consciousness put inside they, someone else? Or yeah, it's yeah, it's all sorts just, of cool stuff. And there is a robot character, an android. Uh, oh yeah, I, right. I can't remember her name, but I love the way she plays that character because it's so, it's it's innocent like Data, mm-hmm. yeah, but different from uh, you can almost see her uh, the actress saying okay this is how brent spiner played data i'm mm-hmm. gonna try and learn from that but i don't want people to know that that that's that i'm doing his kind of thing so i need to look at some other robots and um her mannerisms and her voice i love her robot voice it's just yeah. so different and so um it, it works so well i mean it's believable yeah. Um, yeah, she was of the two episodes I've watched. She was my favorite character. <laughs> so I, all of them, I all of them have have little compelling, you know, little things about them that that you're like, I like the even the the jerk, the guy who's a jerk. You know, you're like, there's got to be something more. And and over the course of the series, you're like, okay, I mean, you know, even if you don't love this guy. There's at least something there that's not, you know, he's not completely irredeemable, you know. So there's there's something there, and and you, there's with every single character, there's there's at least something, where you know it might be something good, it might be something bad, but there's you know there's there's they both have two sides of the same coin, and it's it's interesting to see that those all of them play out like that. Yeah, I, and it makes me get a little bit excited because I know sci-fi they're doing. No, they've already maybe done a mini series of Childhood's End. Uh, I don't have cable, so I haven't been able to watch any. Oh of these. yes, they did. They um, already did it, and it's out. Okay, and I, I've I, tried I, to find it on Netflix or Hulu, but you have to buy it. Okay, so I I'm, I want to see that. Um, they did a show called The Expanse, which is another one. I I think it's out. If it's not out right now, it's coming soon. But I, I'm pretty sure they've already started releasing episodes on that, and that's based on a book series. Um that I, I I read the first book in that series and I can totally see why they picked it up because it's like, it's part detective story and part zombie story. So it's like, what if we took, what if we took Longmire and Longmire and walking dead and, and put them out in space. And, <laughs> um, but then there's also this, this subplot that's going, that's floating around where it's basically our solar system is getting ready to go a war against each other. Uh, the different, People, the different colonists from the different planets. Uh, and part of that war is a virus that turns people into these pretty awful zombies. And not that, I mean, it's there's a nice zombie. Yeah, there aren't thing. too many zombies that aren't awful, but, um, and so I, I, I'm very curious how they, they're going to do that, uh, and, and portray that, that show. But, um, yeah, so there's, there's some interesting stuff that sci-fi is getting into right now and just making me wish, oh, okay. Why couldn't they have done one more season of Stargate? I, 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 
I haven't done, I haven't had my Stargate rant in a long, long while, but I just <laughs> I just wish sci-fi would say, okay, we're gonna do a four-hour miniseries, two episodes, two hours each. We're gonna bring in a few of our Atlantis characters, a few of our SG1 characters, a few of our universe characters. We're gonna bring them all back together for one big galaxy destroying adventure. And or galaxy saving <laughs> adventure, I guess. And you know. Just just yeah. have one big blowout where we get to see you know, O'Neill and Carter finally together, you know, and, and getting ready to live their life and 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 you know live their golden years together in peace. Just something like that. La, la, has, la, it, la. has anybody heard anything new about that Krypton show that they were doing? Uh no, just that it would be a, a like a super super prequel. <laughs> like Right. To Superman, Man of Steel. There's a lot of stuff you could do with that. There is, but why Why do it and call it Krypton? Uh, I mean, that's part of me just yeah. says... You're, is it going to be on Krypton? It's going to be set on Krypton a couple hundred years. No, I thought it was Superman's grandfather, Jor-El's dad. Oh, it's it's a prequel, though. It's Yeah. It's not any of the characters that we've seen on Man of, in, in the Man of Steel movie. No, but, but you could bring in... Uh, you could bring in uh, Brainiac. You could bring in the Eradicator program. Imperiax. Yes. You could do Imperiax. <laughs> you could do General Zod uh, if you wanted. I'm sure they could find some way to squeeze him in there. Yeah, I just don't. I'm not a big fan of that kind of story. Like Gotham, I really, I, I just lost interest in it because to me, watching what does it take that's going to take Gotham, you know, so far down into the pooper that, you know, Batman's needed. I, but we're not going to ever be able to mention Batman because that's in the future. And so, okay, so how do we squeeze in as many Easter eggs as we can of all these villains? All of these villains are what, 15 years uh, it's 15 to 30 years older than, than Batman's going to be when he finally becomes Batman. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. okay, so here's Joker, but don't worry because when Bruce Wayne actually becomes Batman, he's going to be, you know, using a walker to get around. <laughs> Joker is like five years older than him. Joker's not that old. I don't know. In, in Gotham he is? In Gotham. It doesn't it's, matter. It's, it's, it's not that extreme. You're, it's, it's, I mean, it's not like... No, I mean, no, I don't care how extreme it is, Steve. I'm just saying I don't like watching them trying to shoehorn all of these rogues gallery in before he's even a part of things. Yeah, and in the first episode, it's like everybody he meets in the whole first episode is like eventually going to be a villain. Yeah, it, it just. I mean, it, I think they're doing it. In it's an interesting not exciting way. to me. It's it it does not entice me at all. See, and, ben, and usually I I agree with you there, but I really love all the Krypton backstory stuff about Superman. If I was doing a Superman animated series, it would be, I'd put in some heavy, heavy Krypton backstory ties, stuff like that. I love the world of new Krypton story arc that they did. Uh, I just like Krypton. So I, 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 I would, I would like it fine. Them. You know, the world of Krypton miniseries that they did in 86 or 87. Yep. I really, really enjoyed that because it was not about all of the things that, you can fit in as much as possible all these things that are going to show up later on. It was actually about right. people in the past. Yeah. Doing I like things that too. That build and you can up do to that the future. and then have a special episode where Brainiac shows up. 
don't, don't do the special episode. That's a gimmick. You know, that reveal, you know, bringing Joker into Gotham to me, that's a that's a gimmick. And it was a gimmick where every episode there was supposed to be someone who could have been Joker up until they. I mean, even the guy that they have showing up that you think is going to be Joker now, from what I understand, he might not be. But that's based on interviews from creators from a while ago before they did that episode. But it, it just to me, it doesn't excite me. But the World of Krypton, that miniseries, have you read that? Uh, the is... one about the Clone Wars and stuff? Yeah, yeah. It is I don't think so I've neat. read that one. I've read they did an annual in the main Superman story arc where they talked all about that. Oh, uh, well, because this is 80 is after Crisis on Infinite Earths. So right. they're starting yep. over all the storytelling. And so this one, they, they bring in that weird, like they wear black uh, bodysuits over the, you know, and then have little robes over their black bodysuits. And oh, yes, um, yes. Yeah. Love it. So they're starting with that uh, imagery. The new, you know, rocket ship that brings him from Krypton Byrne. to Earth. Yeah, it's it's, it's uh, Mike Mignola who did the artwork on it. At least I think John yeah, Byrne think was involved John in the Byrne writing of it. Did like the original stuff in the the Man of Steel, um, and then uh, Mike Mignola did like the take off his his version of it. I mean, beautifully done. Uh, but I think it was it was uh, John Byrne's designs. But John Byrne did the he did the script for the World of Krypton as well. And right, Mike Mignola yeah. did the artwork. And as a kid, uh, you know, this is what, 87, 88, I think, maybe that, that came out. Because they did World of Krypton, World of Smallville, and World of Metropolis. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I actually bought a couple of the World of Smallville issues. I didn't care anymore, though. Uh, because World of Krypton was just so neat. It was a sci-fi fantasy thriller yeah. uh, with, you know, there was mystery. There was, you know, the House of L. And then there was all these different like factions and the wars and all these things. And I was just like, this is so neat. Here's the difference. There's a novel. Have you read the novel that was, I think it was called world of Krypton. Maybe I have not. I haven't. It's no. fairly recent. And when I say fairly recent, I mean, within the last seven, six, seven years, but it's a, uh, it's a novel that's about Krypton and, and all that. And it's actually not bad as a, it's kind of a Dune type of sci-fi Again, the houses and all these different um, factions. and But Brainiac shows up. And as soon as Brainiac showed up, I'm like, I know he's tied into Krypton. I know he's tied into the destruction of Krypton. But I just lost interest. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, I, I wish... Maybe it'd be different for me if you were going to do Gotham, but call it Joker. And <laughs> it's Joker's story. You know, so it's, you see, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of you know, doing these retcons and doing like the redoing the, the history of things and stuff like that. I, I bristle when it comes to stuff like that, but over the years I've come to understand that every single time we have, you know, the new Iron Man movie or the Avengers or whatever, we're going to have that the X-Men, Batman, everything. And we're going to have that. And I have to sort of take it on its own merits. And when I watch Krypton, I mean, watch Gotham, I'm um, just looking at it as its own merits. And yeah, there's some shoehorning of things in there. But I think most of the fun is you're watching these characters and sometimes you recognize the names, you know, Edward Nigma. Oh, I know who that guy is. It's like, how are they going to make that guy into like an archvillain? You know, how are they going to make, I mean, this, you know, th these seemingly random people into the big bad guys that you, you assume that they're going to become? And watching it slowly play out, watching how Penguin 
goes from a lackey, you know, just a lap dog and just, you know, just so overwhelmingly just like, oh, oh yes, let me get that for you. Oh, I'll, I'll do anything for you, you know. And now he's a crime lord. But see, and, that's where you say that. That intrigues me. But mm-hmm. then I watch the show and it's all of these other things that are in there and these other characters that are, oh, name drop here, name drop there, name drop here, name drop there. Uh, I enjoy the occasional name drop, you mm-hmm. know, and, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. gives you that every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but with this, it's just we are getting the origin story of every single character who has a name who's been in the Batman comic. It's just going to, oh, they're going to mention that name. Or, no, this name here, it shares a last name with a character you know, and mm-hmm. so maybe it's their father or something like that. It's just, no, give me Gotham versus, oh, not Gotham, give me uh, Commissioner Gordon or Lieutenant Gordon or whatever versus Penguin. And but some, the thing is, if you watch the show and you don't know any of this stuff, it's still interesting because like my wife doesn't know any of the, any of the, the names of the, the back you know characters and stuff like that. She's just watching it and experiencing it. And you know, she's, she thinks it's interesting because, Oh wow. Oh, that, that guy is going to be, you know, that, that other, other in, in, it's just very few characters have that huge, like, you know, the, the, the Riddler and the, the penguin, like at the beginning of the, of the, of the series, it's like, you know, that those guys, there's going to be something happening there. And seeing how those play out. But then all these other little subtle characters. She doesn't know that, you know, this character is going to be Harley Quinn. You know, she doesn't know what character is going to be the Joker. She doesn't know. She doesn't know all the other back stuff. So when it, it's, it comes to her, she's like, oh, okay, now I can see that. And to her, it's, it's exciting because it's just all brand new. To me, it's looking at those little things and, and seeing those little Easter eggs and, and trying to figure it out. How are they going to get from there to there? You know, in the the first the first series, there was a, a a character called Lovecraft, and you know something was built on some Indian burial ground or something like uh, like that. And I'm like, they could really use that and use get all those like you know horror characters and all those uh, supernatural characters. They could build on top of that, but they haven't yet. And but are they going to? And you're you're just sort of waiting for things to play out and tease them out. Uh, and I, I did not. I was not interested in waiting. And the other thing is, the stories they were giving me, I just wasn't enjoying. Okay. I just, I just, it just wasn't. It just wasn't good to me. Well, they can be difficult because there's a lot of brutality and a lot of. Well, I can negative, sit through brutality. Negative character I can, types. I can get through that if it's a compelling story and compelling characters. And I just, I just didn't feel it. And the main character, Gordon, he was okay. But again, not a compelling character to me. So, yeah, the whole show was too dark for me. As soon as the little girl, cat girl, clawed out somebody's eyes, I was like, "Ah, I think I'm gonna go watch the Flash." There's another one. It's... <laughs> okay, there's Catwoman. Yay! Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> You're getting into Smallville syndrome here, where like Bruce Wayne and oh. Catwoman are best friends growing up, and then they just happen to turn into two suit wearing. Roof jumping people. Yeah. But Later. you don't know that yet. No, you, you do don't know, know it. Know that's gonna happen. You do know. You do know that though. But you don't know if, if they're going to be the 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 nemesis the nemeses that they are in some comic books, and you don't know if they're gonna be like the, the team up that they are in some comic books. You don't know how it's gonna play out. Either so, way, I'm not interested. <laughs> I, 
I, I will give it to you that there there is a lot in there that is just sort of like the or over the top or you know kind of smack in the face type of a, a thing but i think there are some characters like uh what's his name um another guy who who plays uh, uh the penguin does such a good job with that character reinventing it doing you know something that danny devito didn't do doing something that burgess meredith didn't do and taking the character over the top you know but still presenting the character of penguin a different over the top is that what you're saying a a different over the top interesting and seeing you know seeing how it's how he plays it out you know it's sort of like the 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 character who you think might be the joker he does a different version than heath ledger did and some people said you know well once heath ledger did it no one else can do it but this guy does his own version of it you know, and it sort of plays off of different, you know, Jack Nicholson's and, and Heath Ledger's and and Cesar Romero's and stuff, and it plays off of those characters. But it he doesn't mimic them. He's not trying to be those other characters. He does his own good job. I don't know what the the, the art of the uh, actor's name is. He does a great job. And if he becomes the Joker, great. If he is just that character and that's it, well, okay, he did a good job for that character. So I find a lot of that. There's a lot of really good strong acting in there uh alfred the character who plays the uh, the uh, actor i did like alfred. him yeah yeah he he does a really good job and and um you know, so there, there's a lot of good to it it is a lot of brutality um it's on a regular uh a station wb whatever so it, there's not a lot of uh, bad language and most of the brutality at least it's off screen you know you don't see it's real bad. I don't know. I, I saw a high heel do something really awful when I was flipping channels the other night. <laughs> well, there are some times where I look away, so I'm not exactly sure if something it actually happens. So I'll have to I'll have to give it that. But it's not for everybody. I'll give you that. Yeah, not for me. Okay. Not for you. Um. So let's 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 uh let's change change tracks a little bit here. What are you guys reading these days? That's interesting because I am homeschooling my kids for the first year this year, and I'm reading some fantastic stuff. Because, really? Because we have to read it together, you know. So we're—I mean, I'm digging into uh, you know the the French and Indian War for the first time ever because you know that's where the roots of the Constitution and the you know the Revolutionary War and things come in. Um, so you have all these these things playing out. It's almost like Gotham. Where, you know, it's, oh boy. it's it's the backstory of of uh, George Washington and Benjamin Franklin, and you know you're you're seeing these these characters who are going to play on the the world scene in you know a decade or two, but you're seeing them starting out. You're seeing them, you know, failing. You know, when Franklin is is trying to to put together the you know the the band of colonies or whatever, um, and you know he he fails, but you can see the little seeds that he's doing. And what's come of that, you know, what, what, what becomes of that, you know, because of the revolutionary war. So that's really interesting. Um, something more in genre that we're doing, I'm doing with the kids is, uh, we're reading the first book of the fairy queen and uh, really, wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> which is fantastic. It is amazing. Um, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. It's, a. Uh, oh, please don't have said that. It's Evan Spencer. Uh, no. And it's a it's a classic poem, uh, epic poem, 
Wow. I don't know if epic is the word that we would use it. Epic. Uh, it, it epic. It is epic? Okay. It's, it um, defines epic. It's It was originally going it to be 12. It is wonderful. 12 whole books of this this iambic pentameter. I mean, his own, his own, it's, it gets deeper than that, but it's all in rhyme and it's, it's deep. It's uh Christian theology it's put excitement. into a story, it's yeah. put into rhyme. It's, it's, it's combating. It's, it's right from the reformation. So it's, it's combating the, the, uh, the Catholic church of the time. Um, and the, all that stuff coming out of it. Uh, the, the character, there's a compelling there it's allegorical um the the writer like you know puts himself sometimes into the rhymes it's like he's he's saying stuff that he's he's saying that i am sad because of this character or, or this thing is happening or you know i'm telling you this but i have to warn myself because you know i could go too far and, and etc and, and it's just a different style of writing it's you know, uh, there's a lot of asides. There's one time where they go into the woods, and then he just starts talking about all the different ch- trees, <laughs> and I mean all of them. He goes on for, you know, <laughs> but it's interesting because it's this old way of looking at stuff, and and you're learning through it as well. You're, I mean, I, there was all these different stuff about trees, and I'm like, this is interesting. I want to go back after I finish the story and look at why he mentioned all these trees and what they what they really mean. I mean, the plants, trees. Flora, they had meaning back yeah, then. There's a lot well, of could... a lot of medieval um, symbolism. Oh yeah, you know, from from these plants and animals and and things that for us were just oh he's just talking about a tree, but he's not. When he brings up the tree, he's actually bringing up this tree. And if you look at uh, you know books at the time, uh, what did this tree mean? What did this tree symbolize? And there's a lot, a lot of uh, deep, rich meaning that we would just think it's just. It's just nothing, you know. And you and you can see roots of, I mean, uh, metaphorical. I'm, I'm, you know, no pun intended, but you can see roots of other uh, characters, like the Ents. There's a, a character. There's there's two people who are turned into trees, and the Fairy Queen, and you know, they're they're able to talk and to tell their story. So you sort of see where where Tolkien might have got his idea for the Ents, you know, and you see just the just these little seeds that other writers that other people have picked up on and said, you know, Oh, I'm going to take that and make it my own and work through that. You know, a pilgrim's progress, you can sort of see, well, not okay. sort of, <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, it, it, pilgrim's progress, it's just a, a different type of, of, of that same allegorical storytelling, you know, in, in one, it's, it's a, an, an established Christian, the, the Red Cross Knight, who's doing his thing. And the other, it's this guy who still has to make that journey to the cross, you know, and he does that. And then, you know, it's, he's, he's doing that eternal journey. Um, and it's just, it's absolutely positively fantastic. Medieval knight literature. He's, he's this, you know, knight, he's fighting dragons. Uh, there's monsters. It's some of the, the, I mean, some of, I'm reading this to the kids and I'm almost like, Ooh, is this a little over the top for the kids? You know, (laughs) but it's gory. I mean, if, if I'm just waiting for someone to do a faithful adaptation of it, because if they did, it would be over the top. I mean, better than the, the Lord of the Rings type epic, just fabulously fantastic. I don't know if you could do a, a faithful adaptation simply because of so much of it is in the language yeah. and not just in the language of the things that they're saying to each other, but 
but in the yeah. language of the the descriptions and the yeah. uh, the meanings and the the metaphor and the allegories, it's been so long since I've read it. It's been so long, but it's so good. Yeah. And and I know um, I think C.S. Lewis wrote some essays about it. Um, and I know, you know, that Tolkien took some, some inspiration from it too, but, um, yeah, yeah. But see, you, you didn't take any medieval literature classes, did you, uh, Evan? Uh, just in high school. Yeah. So you may have read a couple stanzas or something from it, but. um, Possibly. This is, this is one of those deep cuts that it used to be everyone read it, you know, who was you know, for your, your English literature or whatever, but, um, right. Yeah, we did, we did Shakespeare and we did, um, what's his name? The guy from Knight's Tale. Chaucer. Yeah. Canterbury Tales. Good old, what's his name? Jarvis. Yeah. 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 Wow. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's good. So, Evan, what are you reading right now? Well, <laughs> Any great medieval literature? Uh, no, know? actually, I'm reading uh, Justice by... Um, Jim Kruger? Ooh, the I new think universe? Alex Ross. Yeah, the that's Jim Kruger. Justice? Justice? No, you mean no, Justice no, no, no. with the U that looks like a V, Steve? <laughs> Is that what you're talking about? The, the series with Alex Ross and those two other guys. Crossover with Kickers Incorporated, <laughs> DP Seven. Oh, Jim Kruger. Jim Kruger did the writing, I believe, on on the Justice you're talking about. Sounds right. Sounds right. Yeah, he's a believer. It, did you know that? No, I did not. Yeah, Justice yeah, dude. But I totally picked up on a Christian metaphor that he threw in there. That I, I'm like, this this can't be what he really means. But it was it was good. No, it is what he really means. I mean, yeah, Jim, Jim yeah. Kruger. Uh, I've met him a couple times, and he worked on a a Zondervan book. Um, that they were actually talking to me about maybe taking on, but uh, during the graphic novel time when, when they had right. six graphic novel series, and I was already doing three of them, and they said, oh, but Jim Kruger, he's actually a Marvel DC writer. Huh. So they they, awesome. they went his direction. But, um, Tomo, didn't he? Tomo, yep. Yeah. I really oh, wanted to do I that. I have that. Well, he wrote one or two of the later volumes oh, okay i only have the first one yeah seven and eight i think he did but um, um yeah but, but, but yeah justice is fantastic it's really good like especially if you're kind of tired of all the new 52 stuff which as we continue recording i'm sure you'll be aware that i'm not a fan of the new 52 <laughs> um, but this I haven't just, read any of it i don't think, I think it I is just it. classic down home super friends but adult yep um, and it is it is good, and, and it has every like uh, I mean any of your favorite. It has the the metal men, mm-hmm. and it has uh, yep. uh, what's the, uh, the the guy that looks like a mummy and the giant girl um, Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol. I mean, it's just amazing how the, he just pulls these characters in from from everywhere. And it's like and you're it's, stepping into that world, and like these are real people because the illustrations are so realistic. And that's Alex Ross. I mean, that's yeah, okay. yeah. And this is the first time he actually painted over somebody else's illustrations. Oh, I didn't realize that. It's it, uh, they brought another guy into pencil it, and he's also known for his very realistic style of penciling. And then Alex Ross painted over his pencils. So very yeah. cool, very interesting. And the story is. Uh, it's very unique and original and it'll just keep you guessing. Uh, and then it kind of all breaks down into a giant slugfest, but it's a really cool epically painted slugfest. 
So there's that. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, Yeah, so I'm in volume three. I haven't finished yet. I've only read through it once, and I cannot remember how it ends. So uh, (laughs) I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna. Oops, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm probably gonna finish it uh, tonight or tomorrow. But uh, a great one to read if uh, before you go read Kingdom Come, Uh, because it kind of all just flows together. It's a. It's like a. This is how it was. And then you read Kingdom Come, and it's like, okay, things kind of all went down the toilet. Well, sort of, but, I mean, if you're reading Kingdom Come and you haven't read a lot of late 80s, early 90s uh, Marvel, DC, Image, you know, that type of stuff, I don't think you're getting the full story that that Kingdom Come is trying to tell you. Kingdom Come is saying these 90s superheroes kind of aren't super or yeah. heroes well that's the meta narrative but right I'm right and that's that's the that's the allegory there though too i mean you've right, got but i'm saying if like you're a marvel guy and you don't know anything about dc you don't want to go read kingdom come just out of the box this would be a good one to pick up mm. to get a good intro to the dc universe i think I, kingdom come is is a, a good standalone though i think it is do you remember when that was would- the that was the big thing that everything was trying to be for a long yeah. while. Yeah. And I think that one of the, one of the things sadly that came out of it is not much changed. You still have, you know, uh, you know, Hal Jordan turning bad and you still have these anti-heroes and Lobo and, and, you know, Wolverine to a certain extent. Um, so it didn't really change that much. So you can still sort of pick it up and read it and get the the same sort of vibe. You're not getting the, the direct, you know, one-to-one allegorical, oh, that character in the background is an allegory to, you know, this other character that's that's a stupid character now. You know, you're not getting that. But you, you can, I think you can still sort of get the sense of it because there are so many poorly done characters nowadays that you can still apply them to the the meta narrative like a lot of the characters from ultimate spider-man <laughs> <laughs> or the flash tv show yeah oh, so moving gosh. on or, um, <laughs> can we go to gotham with this one too? okay probably not um, uh-oh whoa you don't all right guys let's just let's just have a fist fight for the rest of the episode I think yeah, yeah. Start, uh, we're, we're interesting start. conversation that that ends in a slugfest i think that's what yeah. we're, we're just describing yeah. here um, yeah, so you'll, I've you'll been be, reading doing this. You'll be doing this episode a solo. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> so I've been reading, uh, I've been reading a lot of comics lately, but it's for a comic book time machine and it's that series I was talking about, but I get to read these classic, this terrible, uh, seventies comics from Marvel. So it's Godzilla it's Human Fly, who's a real-life stuntman that they did a comic book about him. It's just about as bad as it sounds, but it didn't have to be. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's John Carter, Warlord of Mars, which yeah. that comic is fantastic. Cool. Now, there's uh, the wardrobe for the female characters, David <laughs> Thoris, and that is... You know, there's not much of a wardrobe there, although it's more of a wardrobe than she has in the 
modern comics that are being put out by like Dynamite and that, and also much more of a wardrobe than the original books. But um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that oh my goodness, that I can't believe how good that's been. Um, and uh, Jack Kirby, I was reading his 2001, but that series ended so that he could then move on into some other stuff for Marvel, including uh, Devil Dinosaur and Machine Man. And I'm reading those right now. And that's Jack Kirby at his Jack Kirbyist. It is raw, unbridled passion and energy on the page and weird ideas. Uh, you know, it's interesting because Machine Man is a comic book about a robot man who wants to. Uh, you know, be accepted into, I guess, regular modern life, but he's being chased by the army and um, he's got weird powers. Like his legs stopped working and he was surrounded by the army. And so he escaped because he had tank treads that came out of his forearms and biceps <laughs> and he used those to pull him away. And and then he, he went to a, a garage where he squeezed rocks into diamonds to pay for parts so that he could turn himself into a, a three wheel off off road vehicle. And it's just funky stuff without an, any kind of editorial oversight. And, yeah. and that's really what it comes down to with this, with uh, devil dinosaur and machine man, no editorial oversight for him. Nice. So awesome. um, what else have been a part of that? Uh, those are the main things. I'm this next series that I'm reading through. I'm going to be reading their adaptation of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Oh boy! Um, which is that one you've seen, Evan? I have. Okay, yeah, I've seen that one. We had a long conversation about that a couple years ago. Uh, have Dr. you seen? Uh, have Steve you seen Home? No, not yet. It's on Netflix for free though, right now. Yeah. Okay. If you listen carefully in the uh, in the end credits, they play like a remix of the. And like they make it into a song for the end credits. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. But I'm, I'm like, I'm probably the only person in the theater who got that reference when I was watching. <laughs> I don't know about that. There's probably one other person in there. Maybe um, it was good. It's it's uh, it's good. It's a a road trip movie. Yeah, I want to watch it with my kids. I think, but I also yeah. wanted to read the book. I bought the book to read the book before I saw it in the theater to do something for strangers and aliens whenever it came out and then never got around to reading the book and then didn't get around to seeing the movie. So yeah, that's just where I am. You know what we recently watched is uh, earth to echo. Oh, is that any good? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say it's fantastic, but both of my kids enjoyed it. It's, it's a, it's a very, you know, handheld camera, uh, found film type of a, uh. a thing. Um, but uh, they both enjoyed it, and the it it's you know it's very much like a road type of a thing, except it's kids on bikes, and they're you know trying to figure out what this thing is, and it, they oh go ahead. It's it's less creepy ET merged with a poor man's Super Eight. It's <laughs> okay. pretty much the perfect description. Of All right, movie. sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so here's the thing I'm reading right now, and this is what Evan is going to have to read. And Steve, I'm pretty sure you've read before a few times, but I th we, we need to read this. And I think it might even deserve a couple episodes, but I'm not that's sure. It. And that's Till We Have Faces. Uh, uh, yeah. We've talked about this. We've had a listener or two 
want us to do something about this on the show. And yeah. it is a classic novel that deserves the word classic. Uh, I think yeah. one of C.S. Lewis's best writings. Um, it's it's yeah. uh, Greek mythology, fantasy. And I've heard many, many good things, and I'm anxious to read it. So that's yeah. something that uh, we need you to get going on. <laughs> okay then. Uh, get get that book find yeah, it somewhere it will be available uh on amazon i'm sure barnes and noble i'm sure might hold it for you if they don't have it on the shelf for you they'll bring it in i don't know where you get your books evan uh i usually get them off of amazon but on then, the rare occasion i'll go and get it off of, at a barnes and noble then do it and, okay because uh, we need to read this together it's, I have to go shopping for a Bane mask this weekend, so maybe I'll pick it up while I'm shopping for that. I don't know exactly why you are doing that. Don't care. Buy the book. Okay. <laughs> the mask, whatever. <laughs> as long as the book gets bought. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Ben, speaking of people asking us to do stuff, didn't we have some listener feedback? We did. We did have some listener feedback. Let me pull that up right now. It's going to take a moment, but this is going to take us back a little bit. And this feedback, um, it's interesting uh, because it's, well, I'll, I'll just play it because he, he cuts in, you know, there was a listener to Welcome to Level 7 who made kind of these little dramas when he would send us feedback and we appreciated that. And it was sounds fun. like a really cool guy. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was, um, yeah, yeah. I've gotten to know him since then. And turns out he's not quite as cool as he appeared on TV, but, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, this is, this is not quite the same, but it's very, very, it, it's in that vein. And, and it's, it's, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and play it. And, and Steve, I, I think you're going to like this. Okay. I'll, I'll just say that. So I'm going to hit the play button right here. I like it already. Just the volume. And Greetings, strangers and aliens. This is Aaron Ochart. I've been listening for about six months. And like most people, I went ahead and went back and started at the beginning. Um, and I wanted to make some comments before, but after hearing a few other listeners who had done the same thing, I was inspired. So... Uh, making a comment on Strangers and Aliens, episode 117, important moments in sci-fi history, Gilgamesh to Frankenstein. Great show. As usual, I almost always really enjoy. Um, there are a few times where I disagree with you, but that's okay. That's, that's part of the experience. Anyways, I wanted to defend Steve's thesis that gods in ancient liter literature are proto-science fiction. He kind of dropped it um, and didn't really defend it that hard. Steve, I am absolutely going to call you out on the mat about it. Is that All good? right. Is Let's that start Gilgamesh. Okay. <laughs> I would argue they really are because when we see gods in ancient literature, it's not – our divine father who created all things. It is not these, you know, amazing spiritual creatures. For the most part in ancient literature, gods are kind of flawed, divine, yes, but just really powerful beings um, that have just as many flaws as human beings. And so while they're much more powerful in strength and mind, they're also much more powerful in 
you know, their caprice or whatever it is. Um, very much like Gene Roddenberry's sort of use of godlike creatures in Star Trek, specifically Q, but Trelawney and all of those others. Return that moon to its orbit. I have no powers! Q the ordinary! Q the liar! Q the misanthrope! Q the miserable! Q the desperate! What must I do to convince you people? Die. Oh, very clever, Worf. Eat any good books lately? You kind of almost get the sense in ancient literature where you're hoping for this god's parents to show up and say, you know, You're disobedient and cruel. We've told you before. Time to come in now, Trelane. But I don't want to come in and I won't. I'm a general and I won't listen to you. Enough, Trelane. Come along. But why? I didn't do anything wrong. I was just playing. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, I really enjoy you guys. Um, keep up the good work. And uh, well, talk to you later. Thanks. Bye. There you go, Steve. Nice. Huh. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I like the uh, the drop-ins and everything. Very nicely done. And also the backing up of my, you know, obvious... <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> you've got you've got reasons to like this guy. I, he's my new fan. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it's it when I'm I'm I do more research into it as well, and you know these these gods, these deities, you know, whatever you want to call them, they're not the creator god. You know, they're they're the the things that are created, or that you know something has has generated them, or somehow, and and you know you you look back into all these mythologies. And they all have the same patterns. You know, there's something and there's basically, you know, the sea or the ice or something. And then something comes out of the ice. And it's it's always something being generated. It, it really goes back to like an evolutionary myth where, you know, we came from the ocean. We came from, you know, the, the water, the chemicals, the, the primal soup, you know, the, and whatever. And these these mythologies go back to that. They go back to these evolutionary ideas and, you know, it's, it still carries through to the, uh, you know, people's versions of evolution nowadays. Um, and those, those characters become those, you know, those supermen, those, you know, people, things that are greater than us, but they, they aren't God. They aren't really gods. Here's what I'm going to say, Steve. I do not remember exactly why I cut you off and wouldn't let you go there, but I stand by it. (laughs) (laughs) So, so there. Okay. How's that for ambiguity? Yeah, Yeah, right. I'm going to stick with what I said during that conversation. So, uh, (laughs) you're such a cop out, Evan. (sighs) Man. That's why I like him. Well, gentlemen, we have talked uh, a long, long while here, and I think it is time for us to, uh, I think it's time for us to say goodbye to all our family. The midnight hour is close at hand. You know, I, I really liked this, the style of this episode, and I, it, with the listeners, I really hope it didn't lay a nag. Lay a nag. Okay. <laughs> Oh, that was what? that really only deserved this. 
<laughs> not because of anything to do with anything that we are not talking about in this episode, simply because it just deserves. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Well, with all that said, guys, how do you. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, let's let's just say uh, you've got you got your you got a final word here, and Steve, you just use yours up. So Evan, oh. want to say something to our to uh, that no, listener no, out no, there no, who's start. listening to us? And okay, uh, I'm gonna say. See, I always pick up my comic book and I read my 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 line from my comic uh, book. That it's was like, a a different show, a different time. It, so. it is. I I need a new catchphrase. I need a new sign off. You uh, could just say goodbye and thanks for listening. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening, and I can't think of a Star Wars pun to say. So just good night. <laughs> and all I have to say is, <laughs> thanks for listening. And no matter who you are, or where you are, where you're going, or where you've been, Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Hosted by Ben Avery, Steve MacDonald, and Dr. Jace O'Neill. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. Please join in the conversation by visiting our website, strangersandaliens.com, where you will find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com, or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangers, or you can leave us a voicemail on the Strangers and Aliens hotline. Just call 1-804-37-ALIEN and leave your message. And once again, thanks for listening.